Heavenly Father, now as we go into this uh, new topic that we have for today, I pray that you will guide us and lead us, and that you will help us, oh God, to find solutions, biblical solutions, to the problems that we face. We pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. Anybody bitter? The, the, the cure for a bitter life or for bitterness, if you ever had coffee before that's bitter, what do you put into it? Sugar, right? Now, nobody's going to admit who's actually been drinking coffee. But when something is bitter, you add sugar to it. So here's the conclusion of my sermon. If there is something bitter in your life, add more sugar to it. All right? What is that sugar? Well, we're going to find out a little bit more. The sweet life is the cure for bitterness. Let's look at what it is. What is bitterness? What is the definition for bitterness? And we're going to look at It's going to show up there on your screen. When bitterness is referring to people or a feelings or behavior, it is angry, hurt, or resentful. Somebody is angry, hurt, or resentful because of one's bad experiences or a sense of unjust treatment. For example, I don't feel jealous or bitter. That's an example that came from the dictionary. That is the, uh, the example of the word right there. I don't feel jealous or bitter. So we have that um, dictionary uh, definition. The Bible has a definition also from the Greek word for bitterness. is pikrius, and the word there means you are envious. That's on the next slide. Envious or resentful of someone... A state of sharp, intense resentment or hate. So those are the two meanings that we can work on, which pretty much boils down to that you have something that you are bitter, uh, what brings you or draws you to bitterness is somebody else did something to you, you had a bad experience, and you felt like you were treated unjustly. Has anybody ever felt that way? You were not treated fairly for something that happened to you, that you did not deserve something that happened to you. And so you begin to experience resentment, anger. Uh, you are hurt. And if that is not taken care of, it will lead to bitterness. And bitterness will lead you to other things. So what does the Bible have to say about bitterness? Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31 says that we ought to get rid of it. Can we just get rid of it? Get rid of bitterness. Paul is very clear. We read this last time that we talked about the other things, um, uh, the last topic that I preached. Paul is saying we need to get rid of it. It should not be part of a Christian's life to be bitter. I don't know where you are right now in your life, if you're experiencing any, time, any kind of bitterness towards somebody or towards a system or towards a group of people. But Paul emphatically tells us in Ephesians chapter 4, he's giving there, if you read the rest of that chapter, he's talking about Christian behavior. And he's saying this should not be part of our Christian life. Hebrews 12.15 also gives us another definition, uh, another uh, counsel about bitterness. Paul, which I believe wrote the book of Hebrews, some don't believe that, but I'll just say that he wrote it. Hebrews 12:15 says, "Don't allow a bitter root to grow up 
Well, I'm reading a summarized version. There on the screen. Guard against turning back from the grace of God. Let no one become like a bitter plant that grows up and causes many, many troubles with its poison. It's calling it a poison. Don't allow a bitter root to grow and cause trouble and defile many. That's another version of the Bible that says that about bitterness. Bitterness is like a root that goes deeper and deeper. And what happens when a root goes deeper and deeper? It's harder to pull out. You've seen a tree that just digs in and you want to knock down a tree. You can cut it off, but the root, you really need a lot of people to help machinery. You need all you can to get rid of that root. The deeper it goes, the harder it is to get out. And so Paul is saying to us, be careful of this this bitter root to grow because it will grow and cause others to be defiled by it. Roots don't grow fast, but they grow steadily and they grow strongly. Many times people don't even know they are bitter. And they don't realize that there's bitterness in their lives. You don't know why you have feelings of anger, of resentment, or others. And it's enough. Look at this uh, picture here. The roots of this tree affected uh, something else, which is a sidewalk. And you've probably seen this happen before. If this tree had been taken care of or planted somewhere else, they probably knew this would eventually happen 20 years down the road somewhere. But the roots of this tree broke something else. And that's how bitterness is also. It will grow steadily, and if it's not taken care of, and if it's not chopped off, it will affect your family members, it will affect your spouse, it will affect your children, it will affect those you work with, it will affect the people you worship with, it will affect all of your relationships. That's why Paul says we got to get rid of it. And so it's a big enough deal for Paul that he mentions it in two letters that he wrote to, to Christians. And I think we cannot ignore it and say, well, I'll deal with it. It's a big deal. We need to deal with it. But not, we need to find out how to deal with it. Now, how is it that we as Christians can become bitter? And you say, well, I don't get bitter. I'm a Christian. I've accepted Christ and I, I'm living a different life right now. But that, that might be your case. But I believe that there might be others that are, 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 battling, are struggling with this. There are circumstances and relationships that have hurt us. That are one of the things. And your pain can lead to bitterness if it's not resolved. And it can follow you for a long time. There are people who are bitter about something that happened to them when they were kids. And in their adulthood, they're still talking about it. They haven't dealt with it. They haven't hit it head on. They haven't found a way. Maybe they want to fix it, but they don't know how to. And so, bitterness grows when you feel that you have been treated unjustly, I need justice. I've been treated unfairly. I was hurt unnecessarily. I had no control over my circumstances, and now I have to live with this for the rest of my life. I don't know what your story might be, but this might sound like something you've been struggling with. So, you feel that thing. But there's bitterness that you can direct toward others. That would be the next one. You like that shirt What it says? Bitterness is drinking poison and hoping somebody else will die. That's what bitterness can do. Bitterness directed toward others 
can lead you. For example, somebody inflicted a physical or emotional pain on you. Somebody abused you physically. Somebody abused you sexually. Somebody abused you emotionally. And you feel like you're a victim. You couldn't defend yourself. You couldn't take yourself out of that situation. And so you've had that experience and you haven't dealt with it. That can lead you to be bitter towards somebody else. A death of a loved one can lead you to be bitter. Whatever the circumstances around that death happened, you can be bitter with the person who died because of what he did or she did that caused them their death. A relationship that ended badly. You know, a boyfriend and girlfriend, they had plans to get married. They were probably already living together, and all of a sudden, the guy says, you know what, I'm out of here, and leaves the girl pregnant and without anywhere to go. That can lead to bitterness towards somebody. Messed up your plans. Somebody came into your life and messed up your plans. You had plans to do all of these things, and somebody just totally messed them up. And for the rest of your life, you are remembering that because you should have been somewhere else. You should have been doing something else. Things didn't turn out the way you wanted to because someone, else, someone else's decision affected your life. So all of these things, we can uh, turn our bitterness towards somebody. But you can also turn your bitterness towards yourself. Why would you be bitter with yourself? Why would you be angry with yourself? And I looked up some reasons why somebody would be angry with, yourself, with oneself. Well, you hurt somebody you love. Have you ever hurt somebody you love? And you can't forgive yourself because that person, because of what you did to that person, affected them. That's like the other way around. Instead of somebody affecting you, now you are affecting somebody else. And you are angry with yourself. You are resentful with yourself. You hurt somebody you love. You did something in your life that affected someone else. And you can't seem to forgive yourself. And since you can't change the circumstances right now, then you feel like somebody may be experiencing bitterness over that because you keep maybe because you keep falling over and over again into the same destructive behavior into the same sinful patterns and so some of these things give us examples of how we express our bitterness you know some people actually get bitter with god too for you know if somebody died some people blame god or why did god allow this to happen why did and so in a way you're letting allowing this feeling to go into your heart and to let it grow and grow and grow and and you've allowed bitterness in your heart toward God so how do you deal with this how do we deal with the bitterness that you may have been experiencing what did God do how did God deal with injustices towards him what did God do to take care of the injustice he went to the cross. He went to the cross. He personally paid for my sin. He personally took care of the problem. He was the one that was offended, and he was the one who took the initiative to resolve the separation caused by sin. Now, so there's an injustice taking place. There are God is on one side and we are on the other. And sin separated God from us. And there was a wall that was raised up. Justice demanded that the sinner pay for their sin. But God instead went to the cross and took care of that. Because God did not want to leave it that way. 
So that's what God takes care of. God took care of the demands of the law that the sinner has to die. He took it upon himself. Now, how do we handle, how do we deal with injustices? When somebody acts unjustly towards us, we feel like victims. And when we feel like victims, you know what we do? We put all the attention on myself. I put all the attention on myself. It's almost like a selfish thing. Oh, poor me. You don't know what people have done to me. You don't know what that person did to me. You don't know what the police officer has done to me. You don't know uh, what the government has done to me. You don't know with my, what my dad has done to me. You don't know what... And so you just complain, complain, complain about what, how unjustly you have been treated. And you are disguising your bitterness in a selfish way. That's kind of like what we do sometimes. But the opposite of that is forgiveness. Forgiveness is the opposite. Neil, I think we, uh, yeah, it's going to go way more beyond that. Um, where we find where God is and we are. So Neil will catch up in a moment. And so we too, just like God, need to go to the cross. So just to review, there's the forgiveness God's forgiveness, and He forgives us of my sin. He personally pays for it. And there that wall is, is, shows itself there. We have God, and we have the cross, and He frees us. Justice demands that we die for our sins. And we need to do the same thing God does, but we're not going to pay for the sin of somebody else that they have put on us. Whatever they have caused upon us that is causing us bitterness, we have to take it to the cross. We cannot carry it forever. That's the problem, is that we carry it. The only person that is allowed to carry sins in the universe is Jesus. So when we are carrying bitterness with us, we are carrying a load on us. In essence, we are saying, I am Jesus. I'm going to carry somebody else's sin that they put on me, and I'm going to walk around it for years and years to come. But God has a solution. God says, I am the sin bearer. I am the one who's going to carry the weight that is on you. You need to accept the fact that you have this, but you say, no, justice demands that the person who hurt me pay for what they did. And we want people to apologize. We want people to pay us back. We want people to, to treat us differently, and we demand it. But when we demand it, we are holding on to that person. We do not release them. They are not free from us. Just like God frees us from the demands of the sin, we are also to free other people from the demands of what they did to us. Because if not, we're going to keep carrying it and carrying it and carry it, and that root of bitterness will grow deeper and deeper, and to get it out is going to be harder and harder. We are not Christ, and we need to go to Christ to give the load to Him. Justice demands that that person pay us, but that's not going to happen. Now, let's say somebody came up to you and said, I'm sorry for what I did, and you say, finally, somebody apologized for what they did. But there's still an element of burden on you, I think, because if somebody physically abused you, is the forgiveness going to take away the abuse? 
you still have scars. If somebody lied to you for years and years and years and you're in a relationship and that person lied to you, one day told you that they have been living a lie, you've lived with that person for 15 years, and you just say, I'm sorry, is that going to take away all of the pain? It takes a long time. So there's still an element of burden that you carry. Because somebody else just says sorry, sometimes it doesn't take it away. But you still have to go to Jesus. And you say, here I bring somebody else's sin that they have put on me. I did not cause this. Somebody else just laid it on me. It wasn't my fault that somebody physically abused me. It wasn't my fault that somebody spiritually abused me or emotionally abused me. And I've been carrying this for far too long. And you need to go to the cross where death happens. And that would be your, the death of yourself. And allow God to take away the pain, the sorrow, the injustice. Yes, it's not fair. It's not easy to forgive. It's not easy to forgive. But forgiveness is the solution for bitterness. Forgiveness is the solution for bitterness. What would be the result of not forgiving? The actual result, well, the truth is that it's, there's not an option. If we call ourselves Christians, followers of God, Jesus Christ... We accepted his, his death on our behalf. One day he forgave us. It's not an option for us whether we're going to forgive somebody or not. Oh, but pastor, you don't know what he did to me. You don't know what she did to me. You don't know what they did to me. Well, I don't know. But the Bible says that we have to forgive each other. No matter what, there's no, there's no kind of like a circumstantial thing where maybe under these circumstances you forgive and under these you don't. God has given us the solution and that is to forgive. Because you have to remember that you have been forgiven. Some of these verses that have been showing up here. Isaiah 43, 25. Psalm 103, verse 12. Isaiah 50, 55, 7. Let the wicked, well, as far as the east is from the west, that's how far God has removed our transgression from us. He has taken our sin and thrown them into the depths of the sea. Let the wicked leave their way in their life and change their way of thinking. Let them turn to the Lord our God. He is merciful and quick to forgive. And He extends this forgiveness to us. And we also have to uh, extend this forgiveness to others. If we don't, there comes bitterness, there comes resentment, there comes anger, there comes revenge, seeking revenge, and there comes conflict in your life. And some rather go through all of this garbage than forgive. You know, for some people it's easier to forgive than others. I understand that. It might be my temperament or something, but I, can, I, I'm, I seek forgiveness. Others can't do that for some reason. There's a fear element. There is a, there's something that stops them from confronting somebody or from, or from uh, or for, uh, seeking forgiveness or accepting the fact that I might be wrong. And so there's this fear of seeking forgiveness or asking for forgiveness. 
or forgiving. But the more we don't forgive, the deeper the root of bitterness goes. So forgiveness involves three things. The three things that bitterness involves are a choice. One of them is a choice. What is this choice? We can choose to forgive or not to forgive. That's our choice. And that's up to you. But if you profess to follow Jesus Christ, the choice has already been made for you, which is to forgive. God had a choice also. Do I forgive them or I don't forgive them? He forgave us. So why would we not do the same? Number two would be to release. That's the one before, Neil, sorry. Releasing. When you forgive, you are doing the voluntary act of releasing someone from the damage caused by their sin and no longer holding them responsible for the consequences of that failure. God released us from the consequences of our sin. He forgave us. He freed us. You might say, well, that's not fair. Well, it's not. But it's a matter of your spiritual well-being, your emotional well-being, and even your physical well-being, whether you do it or not. Is it not fair? It might not be fair. But we already know what the other side involves if we don't. Anger, bitterness, sickness, death, an early grave. And so that's what we also, that's what the, uh, also, it also involves a substitution. One person pays for the emotional pain that another caused. I'm paying for the emotional pain that somebody else caused upon me. And so, in a sense, it's been paid. I'm paying for it. But I'm not going to pay for it because I'm not Jesus. I can't bear somebody else's sin. So I cannot substitute somebody else for my sin, for their sin. I have to go to Jesus and take it away from myself. And then resolving bitterness involves also a couple of things. And we also choose. We choose to forgive. It's almost the same thing. You want to resolve bitterness? You have to Involve, get involved in forgiveness. You release the pain from within our hearts. It, that's what it involves. I'm sorry. Resolving bitterness involves releasing the pain from within our hearts. How do we get that? Through forgiveness. Paying the emotional pain others have caused us by forgiving them. And allowing, allowing the Lord to heal the pain we are experiencing in our hearts. So those are the things that are involved in Resolving bitterness. I went through this pretty fast, actually. There is a prayer that you could use. I'm not much into giving prescribed prayers. I believe prayers, the ones that come from the heart, are the best. But some people have a hard time even thinking about something to ask God for, especially when it deals with having to come up with, how do I ask God to take away this bitterness? This is uh, something that I found that could help. Lord, I acknowledge that through the years I have developed anger against those who have hurt me. 
This made me suffer pain and made me build up walls around me which hasn't allowed me to be honest with people. Lord, I choose to forgive each person that has hurt me. I am willing to pay the price for the emotional pain that I have suffered. I desire to be free to love those who have hurt me. I want to be kind, have a noble heart, and a forgiving spirit. Lord, reveal to me those barriers of bitterness, resentment, and anger inside of me that have been buried for so long. I want to identify and resolve each of them in Jesus' name. Amen. So this could be something that you use. Now, I have a... I have a worksheet that I want you to have. I was not able to print them all out and give them to you today. I can email them to you. So if you have an email address, there is a worksheet where you work through each and everything. Uh, here are the, uh, the instructions. For example, you have family members who have hurt you. I want this to be practical so that you have homework to do. And you're going to have a sheet that says family members who have hurt me. And you're going to write certain things down. And then you're going to find other ways of dealing with it. Uh, um, I should have brought it here with me and I don't have it here with me. And so there's a column where you put the name of the person, the emotional pain that, you, that they caused you, and how you're going to uh, forgive. And the other one is other people who have hurt me that are not family members. And do you do the same thing? And then there's one specifically for couples, my spouse who's ha- who has hurt me. All right? And there's a different worksheet for that. And ways that I have hurt my spouse. Okay? So you take these worksheets, and if you can sit down with your spouse, you do them by yourself, and then you talk about it together. There's instructions on how to do it with your spouse, the whole whole thing. And then there is a page there that says, Jesus heals the pain. And how is Jesus going to heal you from all of those things that you wrote out? It's amazing what you will write when you think about it. Things that come up from elementary school. Things that come up from middle school and high school. Or things that come up from just three weeks ago. But then you are able to go through each and one of those and seek forgiveness and resolution from the pain that bitterness has caused. And the other thing that we want to do is we want to meet during the week and talk about these things. So this Wednesday, um, we're going to invite all those who want to come it's, a, it's, a, it's an informal uh, setting where we want to get together and follow up with some questions that I have about what we have studied today and what you will have with you during the week and maybe go through some of those things. On Wednesday, uh, Neil and Kazumi have agreed to open up their home at 7.30 on Wednesday to come together and talk about it and we we'll go with, through it with our Bibles and pray together and, and work on these issues. Next week, we'll have another topic and we'll do that for the next couple of weeks. And there is the address, Neil and Kazumi's home. And we hope that you will come and join us today. I mean, well, on Wednesday. Uh, I don't have the copies to give to you today. If you don't have email and you need a copy, let me know and we'll get you one. I'll get you one. I can print it right after church right here while we're having potluck or something. Um, but in the meantime... Uh, we can have it emailed to you, which would be quicker and